Isn't it great to be able to worship together? It's a privilege to be able to just say, Lord, it is so good to be in your presence. You see, uh, in what we all feel, the weight and the pressure and the anxiety is very real. If there's ever been a time to hear from the Lord, it's now. We need to hear from God. So for these five weeks, we're going to talk about how do you hear from God so that you can discern the voice of God, because we need that. Well, in the midst of that, I have great news. God is speaking, and he's speaking loudly. There's just one problem with that. Some of us are not tuning in to the voice of God. Let me illustrate what I mean by this. Over the last 30, 40, 50 days, I, I've heard a variety of comments. I'm just going to say these comments, and then I'll describe what I mean by them. I believe the NBA, is the bubble in Disney, is going to burst, like what's maybe happening with Major League Baseball right now. I'm going to take a trip up to the Adirondacks this weekend. Should I TikTok? I think President Trump is a modern-day hero. If Joe Biden isn't elected, this country's in trouble. Did you hear about the sale at Target? Did you hear what's going to happen with Call of Duty? I'm going to tear my engine apart this weekend and rebuild it. I could go on and on and on. There's one other statement that I've heard that I want to share with you. Jesus said, whoever has ears, let them hear. You see, these comments that I made, we could give thousands of comments like that. I could say black lives matter. I could at the same time say blue lives matter. And what happens in these moments is emotion rises up in you. Now, for some of those statements that I made, TikTok, you're like, what is that, a clock? I don't know what that is. Others of you, you hear this and you hear about what's happening with the sale at Target or Call of Duty and the big announcement that was just made, and you want to figure it out right now, so you Google as soon as I make a comment like that. Is that true? Is something happening with Call of Duty? You see, some of these topics completely engage us. Others of these topics, we could care less. Some of you with politics, your blood boils. Others of you are like, is there an election coming? What's everybody talking about? My point is this. Right now in this room, there is a lot of noise. The thing is, I don't have a radio or I don't have my Wi-Fi tuned in to all of these signals going around in this room. Right now, if I had the right kind of radio and the right kind of station, I could turn on heavy metal music right now that is going on in this room. At the same time, I could find some opera. I could find some jazz. I could find some talk radio. There's a lot of noise going on in here, but the reason we don't hear it is because our ears are not tuned to hear it unless we have the right adapter to be able to hear that signal. I hope my point is obvious. When Jesus says, whoever has ears, let them hear, Jesus is saying, 
I want you to pick up my signal because there are a lot of things, people, and ideas that are going to try to get your attention. So tune in to my channel, says Jesus. So what I want to share with you is a parable where Jesus taught about this very concept of tuning our ears to the very voice of God. So when we go through times of strife and trouble, as John just was praying over us, Lord, you've overcome this world, so help us to hear what you're saying about overcoming this world. Well, he very much did teach us how to do it. And he said there's really four types of ears that people have. And so he told a story about these four types of ears, and he was teaching us how to tune our ears to his voice. But let me take you through this parable and help you discern for yourself what kind of ears you have. The, the first type of ear that Jesus talks about is the, the person who has plugged ears. He said there's some people in this world who just have plugged ears. My youngest child, uh, going to be five pretty soon, anytime I say something that he doesn't want to do, you know what he does? <laughs> he, can't, he doesn't want to hear what I have to say when it's bedtime. No, I don't want to hear. He's got plugged ears. He can't hear my voice. But that's a perfect example of how some of us live. Look at how Jesus worded it when he was just talking about this illustration of seed that is sown in the world around us. And he said, a farmer, this is Luke 8. We're going to hang in Luke 8 right now. A farmer went out to sow seed. As he was scattering the seed everywhere, some fell along the path. It was trampled on because people walk on the path. And the birds came and ate it up because it didn't get into the root system. So Jesus lays out this first kind of, he said there's some people who are like that. And Jesus goes on in, in just a short time after laying out these different types of listening, types of seeds as he describes them, and he explains what he means by plugged ears, as I call it, or trampled lifestyle. Verse 12, just jumping ahead, he said these, uh, to explain what he meant. Those along the path, are people who hear. And then the devil comes along and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. He's saying it's like people have wax buildup. Their heart is so hardened that they hear, but they don't let it sink in and to change their life. Jesus actually, in verse 11, in that same Luke 8, he says it very clearly that the seed that he describes in this parable is the Word of God. And so God wants us to know, I speak to you. You can hear from me. But some of you have plugged your ears. Some of you have a hardened heart. And so you've been deceived by the enemy's lies in your life. You see, you maybe hear a sermon that it gets a little bit of your attention, but then you get into the real world where we're out of this safe bubble of, of faith-based teaching. And then you hear all of this really vitriol and, and contrary teaching that the world teaches and the enemy, just like he did with Adam and Eve, 
whispers into your ear, wait a minute, you can't really trust God, can you? Now, I hope none of us believe this. I hope none of you that are online listening right now, I, I hope there's none of us that have hardened hearts or plugged ears. But with the number of people that watch and, and listen in to what we teach here, I'm willing to bet there's some of us who really just have still plugged ears. And you've listened to the wrong voice, the voice of the enemy who says, you are never going to be loved. There's no way God can like you for your behavior. That addiction that has really taken your life makes it so you have a stain on your life. There's no way God would ever speak to you. And you listen to that voice, all the while plugging your ears to the voice of the Holy Spirit who wants to speak life and vitality into your spirit. And you just stay plugged. Again, I hope that's none of us. But it's very easy for the enemy to, just like he's done from the beginning of time, to just spew lies at us time and time again. And so then the person who agrees with those lies just slowly plugs their ears and wonders why they can't hear from God. Well, because they've agreed with the enemy's lies that they are not worthy that God doesn't love them, that God isn't powerful enough, or God doesn't even care to speak, that God doesn't even exist. And they just go about their life wondering, will anything ever make sense? So Jesus continues on in his teaching, and he says there's a, another type of hearing or seeds of a person's heart. He describes it this way, as a person who has very immature ears. This is how he describes the person whose ears are immature. Verse 6 of Luke 8. Some seed, the word of God, some of God's voice, fell upon rocky ground. And when it came up, so it sprouted, there was some life. When it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture or depth. He goes on again to describe what the rocky soil is like and how I name it immature ears. Verse 13, jumping ahead, Jesus says it this way. Now, those on rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with great joy when they hear it. They fall in love with the joy of the Lord. This is amazing. I love faith. But they have no root. It never went deep. They believe for a little while, and in the time of testing, they then fall away. So Jesus describes the person who has immaturity to their faith as one who gets all emotional about their faith. They have this holy encounter with God. In fact, I hope all of us have had this moment or moments where you just, I hope it just happened as we were worshiping through song and you just say, these words, I, I find my soul just getting lost in it and there's just that power of the, the moment and you get, you know, the, the moments of holy goosebumps and you're like, oh, God, it's so good. I mean, there's, it's, an, it's a powerful experience. I hope every one of us have this experience many, many times. But what Jesus is describing here is that there's some people who live for that. 
They live for the next spiritual high. They go from emotional moment to emotional moment. And in essence, they don't take the time to get discipline in their life. They don't take the time to have deep Bible study, quiet prayer time with the Lord. In other words, there's no depth to their spirit. They just go from the next exciting thing that happens in the church to the next exciting thing that happens in some gathering over here. And, and if that preacher isn't totally engaging, then, ah, oh, yawn, and they just lose their interest. And what Jesus is saying is, as time goes on, this person, as the pandemics of life, when a crisis hits you, they have no depth and they wither. Because they've lived for the next big high to the next big high to the next big high. They live for just Jesus' grace. And they say, oh, it's just all about his grace. But they never understand about his righteousness and depth of what he wants to do in their life spiritually. In my early days of faith, about 30 years ago, I, I was in this camp. I had a, a wonderful conversion experience, powerful time where I knew I want nothing more than to give and invest my entire life in seeking after Jesus Christ. I didn't know it would mean getting in onto a stage preaching. I didn't have any of that plan at all. It was just such a powerful moment where I was like, Jesus, you're so alive. Nothing could convince me otherwise. But I had a high, and I was loaded with all of this excitement and joy and at the time, I still had a lot of, well, human flesh of what I loved to do in my early days of life. It was all about jokes and laughter, mockery and sarcasm. And so as I would get converted in some parts of my life, I still kept my quick-witted tongue and I would be quick to cut people down, to make a laugh in the room. All the while, I was thinking, ah, oh, this is just great. Jesus is filled with grace. This is so much fun, and it is no big deal. But I wasn't growing deeper yet. I was staying still very immature because I wasn't taking the time to really discipline my life and get close to the Lord, to, to saturate myself in the Word of God, fasting and praying. It was just fun to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing. And there's a proverb that describes this kind of person, Proverbs 26, 18 and 19. Like a maniac person shooting flames of arrows of death is one who deceives their neighbor and says, I was only joking. It's like you just have so much fun, but you don't know you're killing the relationship because you're so quick-witted with your tongue and you're so immature with your faith. You're just kind of you're a child still. All the while, everything's a big joke. That's what Jesus is talking about here. He's saying, I, I, I want the person who's willing to, yes, have spiritual highs, but to take the time to grow in intimacy with the Lord. To put in the time of relationship building, listening to God's voice, speaking to God, keeping the learning, developing, studying the scriptures of God. So you go deep because when you do that, you know what happens? When the test of trial comes, oh, you stay strong. But Jesus is saying very clearly, some of us will not stay strong in times of pandemic because we didn't take the time to grow in our maturity. That's why here at Watermark, we talk all the time about spiritual growth stages. 
We hope that by this time next year, you can say, I love Jesus this much more than I did last year because I'm growing so much in how I'm discovering the, the mysteries of God. What a gift that is. But some of us may not right now be hearing from God because we're so consumed with the immaturity of our faith that the times of trial are causing you great doubt. And Jesus goes on to describe a, a third type of ear that some people have, and it's this, the worldly ear, the worldly ear. Jesus describes this person, verse 7 of Luke 8, other seed fell among the thorns, the weeds, the thorns, which grew up with it and choked the other plants. Jesus goes on to describe the thorns and what they mean down in verse 14. He says this, The seed that fell among the thorns, the weeds of life, the thorns and the, the thistles, this person stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way through life, they are choked by life's worries, riches, pleasures, and then the same theme we just talked about in the last one, they never mature. This is the person that is so consumed with the world's worries and all the things of, of life that they, yeah, they have moments where they, they're so, their eyes and heart and spirit, their ears are tuned to heaven. But then they hear about what happened in the stock market and they panic again. And they hear about all the, the opportunities that their friends get, and they say, I want to do that vacation. And you start working, and you become a dog-eat-dog -dog kind of person. I need more money so I can do that more fun. And your ears are tuned to what is trending. Your ears are tuned to where people are having fun, and you want to join in with it. In other words, your ears are worldly. Jesus calls it out so clearly. They're consumed by the pleasures and pressures of life. Here's the fact. Here are the facts. I know people who have a lot of wealth and a lot of people who don't have wealth. And everybody's miserable. And people who don't have wealth, they want it, but they don't realize people who have wealth are just trying to keep it. Because it's like so much pressure all the time. We all have pressures. We have physical pressures, we have financial pressures, we have, I mean, every one of us. So I've made a decision, I try to live simply, and, and so I, I own a 2000 Buick, and I drive that around, and man, that is a clunker. It doesn't have much to it, but it's simple in that way. In fact, when I got it, a friend of mine just got it um, inspected, and the mechanic came back, and uh, the mechanic said, really, there's only one thing in your car that doesn't make noise. It's the horn. As cars age, they become decrepit and they start to have all seeds of bumps and bruises and everything decays. The truth is, every one of us feels pressure. But there's a difference between a person who hears from God and a person who doesn't. The person who hears from God is loaded with attention on things of heaven and they say, Lord, I feel pressure, I feel pain, I feel anxiety. 
God, help me to rise above that and see you and get perspective so that I don't let all of this distraction of earth pull me back down and make me a big grump to everybody in my life. Help me, Lord, to hold on to this world loosely and to trust you with the, all the complexity of life so that I can keep worshiping and hearing from you. Do you see the difference? Versus the person who, they, as Jesus described it, because if you think as he describes the thorns, and as you think, of, and there's many places in, in the scriptures where God talks about the wheat and the weeds, the wheat and the chaff. They grow together equally. The rain falls on the just and the unjust, the righteous and the unrighteous. There's good and bad around every one of us. None of us are immune. That's a fact. And Jesus was saying, every one of us is going to have thorns. And he said, but there's some people who as they grow in their faith, the weeds, I mean, what do you have to do to grow a weed? Anybody have a garden? You do nothing to grow those stupid things. You work so hard to grow that watermelon. And you're like, why do the weeds grow so much more easily? And that's what Jesus is saying. Every one of us are going to have thorns that grow up alongside of our faith. But the ones who hear my voice, the ones who grow, are the ones who don't get distracted by all of this stuff of earth. They're able to say, yes, this was a hard day's job. This was a painful day, but God, I still give you the glory. God, I still see that you're on the throne. God, fill me with your Holy Spirit again because I, I was drained today. But Jesus is saying there's some people who are just worldly in their focus and they're consumed with just building up all of their life here on earth and they're not even realizing this life is temporary. Jesus is calling us to live the eternal perspective so that you can live with boldness in the temporary because you know this world is not the end. What a gift God has given us. But I would dare say a pandemic will shake any one of us and cause any one of us to start to focus in on things of earth. But God is allowing us right now to just wake up and realize, wait a minute, wait a minute, shake that off. Retune my ears let's get to the right station, which is this final one. Healthy spiritual ears. Healthy spiritual ears. Look at how he words it. Verse 8, again of Luke 8. Still there was other seed that fell on good soil. It came up, and look at the results. It came up and yielded a crop. 100 times more than what was sown. Don't you want that kind of life? So beautiful. Jesus describes how you get that. This is what we're here for today. This is what I hope you get filled with. Verse uh, describes here in verse 15. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word of the Lord, retain it. I think that's the key. Retain it. And then produce a crop. You see, 
so many of us have short-term memories. We have these moments where you get some worship time with the Lord. You're in a Bible study and you have an awakening in your spirit. You hear something in a sermon and you just say, wow, that makes sense. I want that. The key is retaining it. The key is creating a heart that says, I'm repentant before the Lord. Lord, I'm one with you. I want what you want. I don't want things of earth. I want things of your new kingdom. God, I ask for your Holy Spirit to make me new again today. That's why the scriptures say, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I mean, God, what am I letting in? Some of us aren't hearing from God because we're so worldly focused that our mind isn't renewed. When the pandemic first hit, in the first couple of weeks, I felt a lot of stress and anxiety, a lot of pressure from the job standpoint, from a protecting the family standpoint. And I remember in the first couple of weeks, I, I just said, enough. I had an all-night kind of thing, and I said, kids, let's gather. And, and um, we, our family and Christine, we gathered in together, and we had a family meeting. And, and I just said a whole bunch of things that I just wanted to get off my chest, and I put the pressure on them. <laughs> Bad dad, another whole sermon, but... But I did say one thing that I needed accountable, uh, be held accountable for. I said, I'm, I'm getting addicted to the news right now. And I need you guys to hold me accountable to just listening to the, to the news, maybe just a half an hour a day, not hour on hour on hour. When I can start to repeat what I heard three hours ago, something's really wrong in my focus. And so I said, I, I just need a little bit of information, but I don't need it to be that which consumes me. And it's made all the difference. It's allowed me to keep a much bigger perspective. Yes, I want to know what's going on in, in, in what's relevant today, but it doesn't have to own me. And it doesn't have to own you. And so that's what Jesus is getting at here. He's saying, you meditate on my word. You reflect upon it. You retain it. You own it. And you let your spirit rise above the moment. Therein lies the person that produces a crop a hundred times greater than what their life lives right now. We all want to make a difference. We all want to impact the world for the good, for Jesus' name. So let's go for it. So today, if this is a moment where you need to repent. You, you see, I said these different comments at the beginning because so many things can draw your attention, from shopping to politics to social justice issues to the, the deep pain that this world is facing and the fear that you may be feeling. There's a whole laundry list of things that can just plug your ears up or get your heart attuned to the wrong things. So I want to give you an opportunity to get refreshed to retain what God is trying to say to you and to fill your spirit to overflowing so that you can be walking in the things of God and be living the beautiful spiritual life that he calls you to. Because I want nothing more than to hear the voice of my Father speak to me every morning, every afternoon, every evening. And again, like I said in the beginning, I have great news for you. He is speaking. He's speaking to you loudly. He's deeply in tune with what you need. Deeply. 
He knows more of what you need than you do. And so you need to hear from him. I need to hear from him. Moment by moment. And so do you have the courage to admit, oh, I've been believing the lies and I've been plugging my ears. I've been more consumed with the things of earth than the things of God. Lord, forgive me. Here's the promise of God then. My mercies are made new this morning. Refreshment has come to your household. Your spirit is rejuvenated. Your mind is made new this very moment by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ who gave his life up on the cross for you so that you can forever have access to the throne of the sheer voice of the living God. So let me pray over each one of us now. Lord Jesus, it's in your name that I lift this prayer to our heavenly Father. As you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the mystery of connection with us, seated on the throne in majesty and glory, God, take us away from the the lies and the distractions and the pain of this earth that we might be made new this very moment so that we might be your witnesses of hope, light, and resurrection in this world. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of salvation that we might be able to walk in truth, to walk in grace as you call us. And so, Lord, I pray for even one soul that has faded from you, who has plugged their ears or gotten focused on worldly matters. God, I pray for that person right now. And I ask that they have the courage to repent of their sin and connect with you yet again. If they've put any idol in their heart, any God that has distracted them from you, the living and true God, I pray, God, for resurrection and healing from the, uh, from the very core of their soul into every word that they speak into this world. I thank you for the courage and the power that you give us through times like these. Thank you, Jesus, for teaching us so clearly through your parables that you show us exactly what your heart is for us and your goal for our lives, to live in concert with you, connected in in spirit and in truth, hearing your voice loudly. Help us to stay tuned in so clearly. In Jesus' mighty and powerful name, amen. Amen.